Hello, SRU, and welcome back. Thanks for joining us for the podcast where we get to talk about all the things going on in our rock community. I am Jeremy Lynch, host of the podcast, and I am joined once again by producer Dr. Nick Artman and our public relations and communications specialist, Justin Zackel. Gentlemen, happy summer. Hey, Jeremy. How's it going, man? Thanks. Happy summer to you as well. It's good to be here today. I'm excited to talk to somebody older than a six-year-old at this point. Uh, you know, we, we talk about my kids a lot. We have um, uh, th- three kids, six, four, and almost two. So it's been summer. Obviously, I'm home a lot more playing with the kids, which I love my kids. Don't get me wrong. But it's nice to... Uh, you know, not have to debate a six-year-old about the type of cereal he wants in the morning for a change. And instead, I get to debate with you guys. Fair enough. Yeah, I feel like uh, this is the first time that we're recording during the summer. So, uh, uh, well, well, technically, it's the the summer hasn't started until what, like uh, the when's the equinox and later in June. But like, it's summer for the academic calendar. <laughs> Listen, but, that's getting way too technical. Yeah. He's got, after got a graduation. graduation. He's yeah. got another yeah. post-it note on his computer with the the summer equinox <laughs> <Yeah>. time. <laughs> But I don't know, maybe we should get some like gnat sound of like some waves crashing or some birds <laughs> chirping in the podcast to make it to get our audience to really feel like it's summer. Listen, if the university will pay for us to travel to the beach to get that gnat sound, I'm in. <laughs> I got the recorders right, ready to go. Enough. Let's get it well, out of your budget and I'm in. <laughs> Listen, our guest today is in Florida. So I am all for taking the show on the road. I could go to Florida <laughs> and record this. I I'm in. have no problem with that. I'm in. Speaking of our guest it, today, she is U.S. Navy Captain Kathleen Kathy Contres. She is a 1977 SRU alum with a BS in health education and sports medicine. Then in 1980, after teaching at her high school alma mater and coaching, she decided to join the U.S. Navy. And in 1981, was commissioned as an ensign. That began a naval career spanning three decades when she retired with the rank of captain. In 2007, Captain Contras was the highest ranking Latino line officer in the US Navy. That's a big deal. It means that she has the ability, rank, and power to control a ship at sea. In 2007, she was also named the recipient of the H-E-N-A-A-C Santiago Rodriguez Diversity Award. The H-E-N-A-A-C is a national nonprofit education organization that promotes careers in science, technology, engineering, and math. And it has been honoring the contributions of Hispanic Americans for nearly 20 years. Listen, I could go on about Captain Contras, but we actually want to get a chance to talk to her today, who joins us to share her experience being a part of the first ever all-woman honor flight to Washington, D.C. And with that, it is our pleasure to bring you Captain Kathy Contras. Captain Contras, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Do you know you have your own Wikipedia page? You know, I, 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 heard, I heard that, yeah, many years ago that, that it was already out there. Um, I don't even know who did it, really. Well, it's fantastic. First of all, it's, it's amazing. You are, you are the first guest to have their own Wikipedia page. Jeremy loves it because that way he can read those long introductions. <laughs> word, word for word from Wikipedia. I paraphrase from a few sources. Did you cite your sources, wow. Mr. Professor? <laughs> it definitely helped, though. I will tell you that. No, that's pretty awesome. It was a nice long bio. It went, have you looked at your Wikipedia page? Not lately, no. 
I mean, it goes through. It goes through in pretty good detail there. I mean, it spans the whole. Uh, yeah, I guess I better take a look at it and see what's on there nowadays. Make sure That's it's true. right. You know what? It would be. Um, I, Wikipedia is obviously an independent. The, the pages, the wiki pages, are independently published. So yeah, you may want to go in and fact check your own wiki page. Back when I did look at it, you know, probably ten years ago, um, it was all accurate. So I'm. I'm I haven't done much since then, so it's probably still accurate. <laughs> so I gave some highlights, but you had a long and very impressive military career. Uh, for those listeners who may not be familiar with uh, the naval officer ranks, captain in the Navy is way up there. I mean, the next ranks above captain are the admiral ranks. So if you're familiar with the Army and Marine Corps structure, captain in the Navy is equivalent to a colonel in the Army and the Marine Corps. What got you first interested in joining the Navy? Um, well, I, I, I was uh, teaching um, at Bishop Carroll and at Northern Cambria, the <clears throat> a couple of schools that are near me here that where I grew up. And I was coaching um, girls sports. And I was also the athletic trainer uh, at Bishop Carroll. And I basically one day realized, jeepers, I'm spending all my life with these kids. And I have no life of my own. And so I just started, you know, looking around to, to do some different things. And a friend of mine was in the Marine Corps at the time, and I had gone to visit her at Quantico. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. You know, they they have their own their own um, uh, uh, kitchen facilities and and things like that. And and people were were saluting and saying, ma'am, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and you know, really respectful and having you know been uh, in in the grade school and, and high school uh, environments, I kind of like that level of respect and, and uh, that sort of thing. So I started looking into joining the military and like what I saw with the Navy, they offered at the time for me um, the most uh, um, um, responsibilities, the best duty stations, I thought, uh, mm. the, the best jobs, um, things that were very interesting to me. And so I joined and, and I thought I would do four years and um, I was uh, stationed in Hawaii at, at the four-year mark, and obviously I was having fun and loving life and enjoying my, my job, and so I decided I needed to stick around for a while, and all of a sudden it was 20 years, and, uh, you know, everything was, um, was going well. I, I had, you know, great leadership opportunities. I worked with some fabulous people. I had some great mentors. You know, it was just a, it was just a, a great uh, career. Yeah, 30 years. That's impressive. I mean, and what, when, when did you retire? In 19, I mean, uh, 2010. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. 30 years is a great career. Yeah. It was. And at it was. one point you were the commander or you were in charge of the, it was a school, if I'm right, right in right. Florida that te- trains military personnel and non-military personnel about some of the infantry intricacies of diversity and the military personnel. Exactly. Yeah. Equal opportunity and diversity. That was at the defense equal opportunity management Institute. And it, like you said, we trained all military, all services uh, and civilians who worked in the government um, about, uh, you know, EO equal opportunity, equal employment opportunity and diversity issues. And being a person with, Latina heritage, how important has all of that been in your transition through the ranks in the Navy? Because again, Navy captain is a big deal. 
not many people reach the rank of captain. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, you know, I, I think um, being being a Latina, like I was I was telling uh, uh, Justin a little while ago, I didn't identify myself as a Latina until oh maybe mid 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 career because I was just a woman in the Navy as far as I was concerned and and I was just trying to to do my job and do it well and uh, some senior leaders came up to me and they they said why haven't you identified yourself as a Latina as as being Hispanic and I said well because I'm just a Navy officer I'm a woman in the Navy and they said yeah but we we like to we want to be able to showcase our our premier people and and we want to be able to showcase and and send you to you know talk to families and and have people that uh, understand where where you're coming from where they're coming from and let them know that that everybody can excel and do well in the military yeah. and so i you know thought about it and i thought okay yep yeah, that's that sounds you know logical and uh, so i started you know um i i had many opportunities to visit uh, the um, uh, um, primarily Hispanic uh, um, families and, and schools in you know Texas and some in San Diego, some in Florida, uh, and and it was it was a real eye opening experience for me. I, I mean, I understood family, the family concept, and uh, the um, you know a lot about the Hispanic culture, but but. Actually, I, I thought I knew a lot, but I, I, I learned a lot more just by being uh, being able to go out into the into the community like I did. So it was um, it was really it was an eye opener for me. See, when I when I grew up, my grandfather had had migrated to the United States, and he was he was discriminated against. He, you know, his name being Jesus. Uh, in a small town was didn't go over well. People said, right. "Why is a man named Jesus walking around in our town?" You know, <laughs> calling himself Jesus. Well, you know that didn't <laughs> go over well, and so he he had a lot of problems. You know, a lot of discrimination and and that sort of thing. And so he didn't want us to speak Spanish. He didn't want us to have the accent. He didn't mm. want us to have any any um, you know any uh, potential for that type of discrimination that that and and harassment that he you know received. So I, I, you know, we, we, we ate wonderful Mexican food as kids because he would cook it, but we didn't know it was Mexican food. I mean, we didn't know anything, anything different really. And so I, I got to understand that a whole lot more just by being around the Hispanic families um, that I visited. Yeah. And that's important, especially again, for people that don't have a perspective of our U S military and our armed services, there is a large percentage of individuals in the armed services that identify as Hispanic or Latino, especially a large percentage of individuals from Puerto Rico. And you know, that understanding that heritage, understanding that culture, or that perspective is really important. Exactly. It's, it's like, you know, um, a lot of people don't, don't realize that family is very, very important to the Hispanic in the Hispanic culture. I mean, you know, Sundays, it's kind of like Italians, you know, that right. the, they all get together on Sundays for the big meals. But but in, in the Hispanic culture, it's every day. And, and you know, it's it's not uncommon to find two and three families living together in one home just because, you know, the, the kids um, have gotten married and stayed home with their children and the parents have helped to raise them. It's 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 just the family. It's the family concept it has nothing to do with with um, uh it doesn't have much to do, I should say, with with wealth or 
or you know your financial means it's it's just because that's the way the culture is and, and yeah, where it and was it's, it's changing a lot now of course sure yeah way. i mean more I, I don't know exactly the phrase for it but more westernized i guess yeah would be yeah. the term i would use but yeah i mean again there despite there being a large percentage of of hispanic and latino individuals serving in the military it's still a big deal when they leave the family to go and join the service and potentially end up in Okinawa, Japan or Berlin for four or five years or more. So understanding that, that dynamic and, and helping individuals work with that is really important. And for that, I mean, and and as part of all this, you were recognized with the Santiago Rodriguez diversity award. Yeah, that was a real honor. That's, that's a huge honor. The, the yeah. organization that, that um, they put so much time and energy and, and um, into the STEM, uh, you know, trying to uh, bring more kids into the STEM arena uh, and, and just to be recognized uh, for my accomplishments was uh, really an honor. Yeah, that is a large organization, like you said, that is not just focused on military personnel, but much broader scope and what they're trying to accomplish and promote. So, yeah, that yeah. was an awesome one, too. I, would you? I think you gave an uh, an interview once where you equated it to uh, the Oscars. Yes, it is. It it, it was like the Oscars in the STEM community. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And it was in San Diego, I think, right? Is that Um, where the award was? Either San Diego or or LA. I forget which. One of the two. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like going to the Oscars. Yeah, exactly. The Oscars in LA? Carpet and everything. Yes. I love it. So, Captain Contras, you were recently a part of the first ever all-women veteran honor flight to Washington, D.C. Can you, well, we want you to talk about that experience, but before we do that, can you sort of explain what honor flights are, sort of the origin of them and, and purpose of them? Um, honor flights, it's a, it's a national organization, and we have a chapter in the villages uh, where I live in Florida, which is just north of Orlando. Villages is a huge, um, about 160,000 people community, about 60, 60 square miles. It's, it's a very large, over 55 community. And there's a lot of um, military that live there, uh, retired military who live there. So the organization uh, has, uh, I, I think they've been around for about 10 years, if I'm not mistaken. I just got involved with it about three years ago. Uh, um, and then, then the pandemic hit <laughs> and right. everything slowed down, but, um, I've been on three flights so far and most of the time it's been all male or maybe there was one or two women on the flights. Uh, what we do is we, we, um, have one guardian for each veteran. So, and you're attached at the hip. I mean, we, they cannot leave our site and uh, except to go to the bathroom and then we have to find a, a man to go with them. But uh, other than that, they cannot leave our site. I, I mean, they can't leave our side either. We've got to be, you know, basically attached at the hip with them because, you know, it's, it's World War II. It was originally started um, to take World War II uh, and Korean War veterans to D.C. to see their monuments, to see the memorials that were, were made for them, for their time in service. And to get the recognition that um, that some never received, right? And so uh, uh, we take about sixty. There's there are sixty, usually about sixty six veterans, sixty six guardians, and about thirty or so uh, staff 
which is medical, you know, includes medical folks, photographers, and the you know trip organizers and and the the, the leaders. Uh, so we start off in at the American Legion in the villages at uh, 1 a.m. Everybody arrives at 1 a.m. Um, of course, it's 1 a.m. Oh yeah, and can you imagine? I mean, at that hour, waking <laughs> up all these poor, you know, 80, 90 year olds. It's it's just incredible. But but they come. They are so excited. They have no no uh, reservations whatsoever about this trip. They're just excited as can be. And uh, so we, you know, we get our last minute information. They have a nice little ceremony and, you know, the, the ceremonial guard um, at the, at the, I mean, the honor guard at the post, you know, post the colors and we have a little ceremony and, and then they give us a nice little send off and we all get on these big buses, usually three buses. And we bus um, about two hours to the Sanford airport where our Legion airlines flies in and out of we we have a charter flight and we go we get to the airport we have breakfast breakfast sandwiches and we you know get into onto the plane it's it's just us just honor flight people on the flight it used to be that they used to use southwest but um um that has all changed and now we just have our own they had and they had to share the flight with other people and so now we we just do a a, a, a charter flight Nice. And we get on the the flight, the plane. We fly up to BWI, and it, in B, once we get to BWI, the water, the fire department uh, has their fire trucks on both sides of the plane, and they shoot the water cannons. You know, we go under through the water cannons, and you know that starts the you know that just starts the day off, and the, the guys, everybody is just you know smiling and beaming from ear to ear. Uh, as soon as we get off the plane, there are people there applauding and and clapping and giving high fives and thanking for services, thanking us for our service. And uh, then we walk out, we go out to the buses and we bus down to the, the um, DC area and we visit the, um, in, in the guy's case, uh, we, we hit the, um, it's, it's just a one day flight or one day thing for the, for the men. When we did the all women flight, uh, we actually were there for two days, so we got to do a few extra monuments, but basically we go to the air force um, memorial. We go to the, um, uh, down on the mall to the, we start off at the World War II Memorial. Then we, we walk down to the Korean War Memorial, the Lincoln Memorial, the Vietnam Memorial, the Nurses Memorial, all of those that are in that area. Uh, we also have an opportunity to, uh, the, the buses drive us through DC. So we, we go, we drive past the Iwo Jima uh, mm-hmm. Memorial and they kind of give us a little tour of the, you know, the, the area show us where the White House is and, you know, all the, the particular historical um, important places. Then we get back on the plane at uh, about um, six o'clock at night, uh, fly back to, well, actually, I guess it's about seven when we take off. We fly back to um, uh, uh, Sanford airport and get bussed down to the American Legion. We get in there around midnight usually, and they have another welcoming ceremony, a welcome home homecoming ceremony. And, the place is, you know, has a lot of people there, you know, waving the flags and, and clapping and that sort of thing. So that's, that's, awesome. that's, a, that's a, just a, a general um, day. Yeah. And so the all women flight, this was the first one. And what was that like? And, and why was that so important for you? It was, you know, now I know what the guys felt like when they, when they would, would be mm. there because I, as a guardian, I just was kind of, you know, there with them. I mean, I felt the emotion, but being on the all women flight, women flight, it was, 
it was by the way that was that was the first all women flight for Florida. There have been one or two others from um, um, I think Chicago did one and somewhere else. Okay. But so that was the first all women flight from Florida. I just want to clarify that. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> so so uh, you know they having been on other ones, this one seemed to be a lot more energy, a lot more. Uh, planning a lot. There were many more people. Like, for example, when we got off the plane, there was, I don't know, 50 people right there at the gate that, that they allowed to come through that weren't, you know, flying out of take, you know, they, they didn't, didn't have to have boarding passes basically. Yeah. So that's a big came, deal these days. Yeah, it really is. And we, you know, the whole way out of the, leaving the airport, the whole way out to the buses was lined with people. And, and that, that has never happened, you know, in, on the flights that I've been on with the men um, that was just lined up with women and, and not just women, people, you know, clapping and, you know, high-fiving us and, and thanking us and, you know, doing all that. When we, when we were, the buses were pulling away there, there were um, Navy women in uniform. There was um, uh, Navy and uh, I think I saw some army in uniform saluting us as we went by, you know, Oh, I just, I get teared <laughs> up. Thinking about it. it was a, a very emotional day. Just because, you know, women haven't received the recognition that we so deserve. It's it's always the men that get the recognition. And so that was a that really yeah. made it special. And there was some there was a World War Two veteran on this yes. flight. Yes, there were. Yeah. Can you talk to talk about her? Or? Oh, she was she was she's a firecracker, you know, full of full of energy and um, Sharp as attack, 97 years old, and yeah. and she, you know, she could she told loved telling us about you know her days as a as a whack nurse. Uh, well, no, she was a tech. She called herself a, a surgery tech, I think it was a um, medical tech. That's what it was. And uh, you know, she she could she could just you know wax on for for hours if we would have let her tell us about uh, her days in in the army. Just a just a sweetheart. Yeah, so these women represented all branches. They represented enlisted ranks, officer ranks, obviously, rank of captain. I believe there was even uh, admiral. Was it a general? Was a, there was a two-star general. General, thank you. With us. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an impressive. That's an impressive group of women for sure. Yeah, it was. But for you, the surprises didn't end just, or the enjoyment didn't end just at the trip. When you went to the U.S. Navy oh. Museum, you also had a little bit of a surprise. I did. I did. We, we, uh, the Navy museum, uh, this was the first time the honor, our honor flight has gone to the Navy museum. They, since we had two days, we, we were able to do a, a few more, um, sites and, you know, the women's memorial was the other one that the men don't normally go to. And so, um, but anyway, so we're, we're I'm just walking through the Navy museum, checking out, you know, the old ships and some of the memorabilia. And, and, and all of a sudden I hear some people saying, Kathy, Kathy, you got to come over here. And I'm like, okay. And, and, you know, you got to see this, you got to see this. And they, these two women that were saying this were friends of mine and they were from the air force. And I thought they were just messing around trying to get me out of the Navy museum, you know? And, and so I said, yeah, whatever. And, and so, uh, and then all of a sudden, some other ladies came over to me. You got to come with us. Come with us. And they took me over to the, the Navy Wall of Honor. And there was my picture. It was next to or it was among other individuals yeah. such as John F. Kennedy and Admiral Nimitz and yes. Admiral Grace Hopper. And 
yeah. and in the computers. Admiral Hopper actually is the person who coined the term, um, I have a bug in my computer. There was actually a moth in the, the workings of the, the computers. And so that's where the, you know, we have a computer bug. That, that's where that came from. Well, that's anyway, a great expression was, now. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just such an honor to see myself. I cried, you know, I, I cried. I, I just was so shocked. And, and um, just, a, just such an honor to be next to hanging next to the people that were, that were, um, you know, on that same wall with me, uh, people who were in my mind, far, far, far more, far more heroic and, and notor- not- notorious than I was. But it was just, it was really an honor. That's a great experience. And like you said, it's to honor the women who served, who sometimes don't get the recognition, or oftentimes, I would say, don't get, as you said, don't get the recognition that they rightfully deserve. But there's, uh, like, the point in telling the story and the point in, in sharing this is not just to recognize the women who are, ser- who had served and are on this flight, but also the current women who are serving, and then the next generation of women who are going to serve in our military. So, I mean, what's your message to them or to those individuals that are considering this as a career opportunity? Well, for, for, the, for, the, for the young women of today, um, I, I say do it. I, you know, it, even if you only do it for four years, whether, whether you're an officer or enlisted, um, it's just, it's, it, it'll help you to, to figure out what you want to do with your future if you're, if you're not sure. It'll help you to learn about other cultures and other kinds of other, the way other people live. And um, it, it's, you know, the, the, the help that you can give to other people and, and, and not, not to mention protecting your country. I mean, you know, there's, there's uh, so much honor in, in just that alone. Um, that that uh, and and the type for the for the the girls the the young women of today they all the all the jobs are open to women now. When I joined, um, I couldn't even go to sea. Women didn't go right. to sea back then, and they've they've opened up all of the fields so that the women can can now serve on on sub- submarines on you know um, uh, in country in combat flying the the combat aircraft everything. There, there's just there's there's every they can do everything now. And, and, and to experience that is unlike anything you'll ever experience in your life. To, to yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's great to be, to stay home in the area and, you know, become a teacher or, or, you know, uh, something in the community, but to be able to, to get out into the world and, and, and experience what other people, how other people live and, and um, you know, the, the things, the trials and tribulations they go through as well. It's just an eye, a, a real eye-opener. So when Nick puts this all together and makes the, the pretty version of this, I'm going to cut that last part out right there, and I'm going to play it to my students <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the beginning of every semester. I teach in the College of Education, so 99% of my students are female. I have, I'm the father of two daughters. So personally and professionally, I mean, this is a big deal for me. I served in the U.S. military. I understand the significance and the importance of it. I want my daughters to be able to say, like, I can be a part of that or to see themselves as being a part of that. Absolutely. But then, as you said, the ability to, 
to step outside of your geographic region, to be able to be comfortable enough to go somewhere where there's a lot of uncertainty. Uh, it doesn't matter what you're doing and what your job is, whether it is a combat role or if it's a support role, it, it, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot, of, a lot of unknowns in doing that. And the experiences that you can get are impressive. And I love the fact that we are now more inclusive in our military when it comes to women in particular, uh, because again, I'm a little, I have some personal bias there because I am the father of two daughters. That's, that's for sure. You know, and, and it, it, women nowadays are starting to be recognized as the military, as being in the military and it's okay for women to be in the military. And it's okay. You know, the, the, the men way back when, when women first started going, they were afraid to serve Nick, you know, they were afraid that the women couldn't, you know, lift this or do that and, and that sort of thing. But that's, that's gone now. You know, you don't see that anymore. People understand that we're, we're all, you know, we're all equal. You know, we, we, we can, we can do everything that the men can do. Absolutely. I love it. It's a great message. And I, it is one that I hope people listen to and take to heart. Um, and then we're not just talking about the U S military here. I mean, obviously that's the focus of this conversation, but that is broadly applicable to all areas of life. Um, especially when we start talking about STEM fields and, and all of that. And yeah. I just wish, yeah, I, I, I want that to be one of the main things that I hope people take away from this is that, look, women can do all of it and they should be recognized for all of it as well. Exactly. Well, Captain Contras, we end this podcast with three questions. The first one has become the standard. What is your best SRU memory? <laughs> um, the parties. <laughs> you are the first person to say that. The first person to answer the question, honestly. Honestly. Everyone, everyone pauses and you can tell they're filtering out the party stories before they come to something more, you know, you just went right for it. Well, you know, back when I was there, that we, we were like at the top of the list for being a good party school. So, so uh, that, that comes to mind. But you know what? Really, truly, uh, it was, it was the, the, the teachers. You know, they, um, they, they treated us like students needed to be treated. They were hard. They were, they were hard on us when they needed to be, but they were wonderful mentors. They were wonderful second parents. They were wonderful friends. Um, I, I lost my brother. My brother was killed in a fire, um, fire truck accident. He was driving a fire truck and the truck flipped over and he was killed while I was in college. And I remember I was really mourning his death. I, I, I was really depressed. And, and I went to one of my, my speech teacher, uh, speech class teacher, and um, she, she sat me down and, you know, she listened to me and let me cry and that sort of thing. But, you know, then she said, you know what, you can't, you can't, you can't let this, you know, be, be your, um, your downfall. You've got to, you know, rise above it. Because I, I was starting to, you know, I wasn't studying. I, I was just, you know, being yeah. impressed. And Rightfully so. Yeah, and she just she sat me down and told me what I needed to hear, and got me right back on track. And and you know things went much better that year after after that talk with her. So so it was it was the teachers. They I, I still you know Jan Kaznovich and some others um, who who were our, our teachers back then. I still communicate with them. Um, that's it, awesome. It's, yeah, it's it's a nice feeling. Good. That's great. 
All right. So you are currently a resident of Florida. Do you miss anything about Pennsylvania weather? Uh, I don't miss the snow mm-hmm. and the cold. I, I miss looking at the snow from the window. I, I usually come home, you know, for Christmas. And so I always hope for a, a white Christmas, but we re- we haven't had one in a, quite a while. Um, but uh, I, the fall, I miss the fall. It's the, with the beautiful the trees turning, the leaves turning colors. And I miss that. I miss the crisp air that you feel. Um, and, and even spring too, you know, when the, when the trees are starting to bloom and the flowers are starting to come out. So, so I miss the seasons a bit, but, but, uh, not but enough, not enough to live here now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Final question. Captain Contras. Are UFOs really aliens or are they just unidentified flying objects? I'd tell you that, but I'd have to kill you. See? That was the <laughs> that was the best answer she could have gave. <laughs> Cuz part of you is like, is she serious? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Well, Kathy, Captain Contras, thank you so much for joining us. You truly are an inspiration to not just women in the service and Latina women, but to all women. And um, we really appreciate you taking the time to come on here, talk to us, share your story. It's a great story. I hope a lot of people listen to it. And thank you once again. Thank you. It's been an honor. I, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed this very much. Well, SRU, thank you for joining us and we'll talk to you soon. Hello, SRU is brought to you by Slippery Rock University and is part of the WSRU Podcast Network. It's hosted by Jeremy Lynch and produced by Nick Artman and Justin Zackel. If you or someone you know has an SRU story, send it on over to podcast at sru.edu. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Hello, SRU wherever you get your podcasts.